tried to hit him with that quick flurry, which I think surprised all of us, including Mr. Brody Lee, but the flurry has turned against him now. Uh, I think that uh, attack initially from Cody really pissed off Mr. Brody Lee because he is hot. He's got a half and half. Oh, my God. Half and half back suplex with uh, his words, motivational words, but the power. Is it too little, too late? Broke him in half. First up, power bomb. Nasty. It's crazy. Cody's hands hanging down the side. He's still oh, oh, oh. Inside out, upside down. He did it! Are you kidding me? Oh, Are you kidding me? No, I match. can't believe this! And new TNT champion, Mr. Brody Lee. He went right through Cody. That discus lariat, JR. Nobody, Shivani, nobody thought we could do this. Nobody believed in the Dark Order. Nobody believed in Brody Lee. People like you, Tony, you created this monster. And now I'm a problem for AEW. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means as we welcome you to a celebration of life of Mr. Brody Lee. And to get us started, We'll send it down to Justin Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise as we toll the bell 10 times to honor the memory of Brody Lee. Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the excellence of execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the heartbreak kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair. Who you're looking at, the man.
What is going on, Bear Reflectionites? What is going on, Bear to the Big Vetoites? What is going on, Bear to the PWCites out there? You know what, Big Vito Brand, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, the PWSL Networks at Podbean.com, we are rolling into 2022. We are rolling into 2020 deuce. That's what I'm calling it, 2020 deuce here at the PWR Podcast. Deuce, and deuce. you know, no, no, that's too much. Just 2020 <laughs> deuce. That's the way I'm, I'm saying it. It is law. It is, you know, me and Biden, I was going to say this, 2020 deuce. The midterms, the 2020 deuce midterms. You know what? People say deuce for a lot of things. You taking a deuce? Of course you're taking a deuce. But 2020 deuce, deuce, deuce hopefully, deuce. hopefully, deuce well. See, you're doing the double. I don't like the double deuces. The only double deuce. There's a double. But it, 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 it rolls. Deuce, it rolls off the tongue. Deuce. It rolls <laughs> off the tongue. It rolls off the tongue. Not 20 deuce deuce. 2020 deuce. That's the way it's supposed to be. But anyway, neither here nor there. Welcome to the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at Podbeam.com. And of course, we're closing out 2020 Wonder the right way. We call it, we're closing out 2020 Wonder for Amanda Huber. We're closing out 2020 Wonder for the her sons, especially the one in AEW. He's called himself Negative One, but of the Dark Order. But we are paying homage. We're doing it the right way here at the PWR podcast for a man who, who is gone too soon and I mean, you know, I didn't want to do this like a couple of weeks after he passed away. And if you hear this podcast when it, you know, when it releases the day after Christmas, it is very apropos that he died the day after Christmas. So we are actually ce- celebrating the life of John Hubert, aka Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper, here at the PWR podcast. And I am that man. I am that magnanimous man. I am that scholarly man. But most importantly, I am the human man. I am the humane man. I am the glorious man here. The Professor Chubba of uh, Cruz. I'm, you know, a very somber voice. Of course, you got to have a somber voice when you're paying homage and you're paying respects to John Hubert, a.k.a. Brody Lee. And I'm not doing this pro wrestling spotlight here at the PWR Podcast alone. I need somebody to bounce off of, but also I need to talk to somebody who's been in the trenches, who is, who is hustling in the indies, just like John Hubert did in his early days, to give that Western perspective. He is my, he is your friend and mine. Mr. Dum Dum doing an idiot. Mr. Iron Stomach one. Mr. Wonderful Tommy Wonder showing off the guns. He says he's fat, but you know what? Maybe he's got the... Does he have a six-pack reflection ice? I don't know. Maybe he has a 12-pack. Maybe he has a 24-pack. I don't know. But TW, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Happy Christmas. Hanukkah, yes. and all that stuff. See, so, Santa Claus edition of the podcast. Yes, you are the Santa man. How are you doing? And, of course, I, we are paying homage to John Huber. How's yes. it going for you? I'm wearing my shirt that not only represents... Bon Jovi, it represents New Jersey, which represents you, Professor. I did this Bombay. for you. Bombay. New Jersey. Bombay. Thank New you Jersey. very much. Um, it's, uh, I had something else I was going to say. You made me forget. I know. Um, I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, it's cold. But anyway, how are you? It's cold for you. How, how is your holidays? How's the family? 
Let's get all that logistics out of the way. My kids are older now. They don't give me a Christmas list no more. So I'm just getting cards and put money in them, putting them in the mm-hmm. socking. So I'm gonna have to wrap gifts for Jackson to put under the tree, so my tree doesn't look stupid with no gifts underneath it. So what are you gonna do? But um, I am gonna get cards and then write heartfelt cards to each daughter. So that'll be different. And then nice. I got the stockings hanging on the little mantle gimmick. Um, and uh, is it Hubert or Hubert? Huber. Huber. Like no T. No T. H U B E R. John Hubert. That's what I thought. And I didn't sound like mm-hmm. you kept saying Hubert. But yeah, I look homeless with this beard. But I'm picking up Tina from the airport and she saw the pictures in Florida of me with the beard and likes it. So I have to let her see it in person before it goes. She likes to touch the hair. That's what it is. So yeah. a lot of a lot of a sexual fetish is going around here at the PWR yeah. podcast. And there's a there's a strange silence. There's an empty chair. JB disappeared again. It's okay. J- JB will be back hopefully in 2020 deuce. But anyway, let's get deuce going. Deuce. No, no, no. 2020 deuce. I'm saying it. Triple it's deuce. There ain't no triple deuces. What the hell are you doing? That'd be 20. That'd be 20. Two, see, two, now you. See, this ain't 227. This ain't nothing. Now let's get going with this pro wrestling spotlight TW again. We're paying homage to Luke Harper. John Huber, Brody Lee, born December 16th, 1979. Wow, I'm older than him. Died December 26, 2020, TW. First and foremost, this was a shocking death because he died of a of a lung issue that he had. It was called idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Now, you know, I'm not going to get into the... We're not going to politicize anything about COVID-19 because people talked about that. And again, in, in the eyes of myself, and of course, I'm, not, I'm speaking for TW here too, we're not politicizing COVID-19 or anything, but we are going to say this. Whatever happened to John Huber, the, the last days of John Huber, should not be, you know, for the tabloids, as people would say. It's not for the dirt sheets. It's for the... It's the privacy issue to me, TW. People should have let John Huber be with his family in his last days, his last breaths, and people and, and the dirt sheets and the fans. You know, it was so sickening to see the fans. And you know, a lot of people say wrestling fans are sick; they're twisted. You know, you see the dirty side of the wrestling fans, and I just want to say this: on the internet, shame, yeah, of course. And, and we're seeing the dirty side of the wrestling fans for people who are having, you know, love triangles or whatever. I don't care. Wrestling fans are sick and twisted, and sometimes it's embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. And John Huber, Brody Lee, TW, is one example of wrestling fan. I, I'm ashamed of being a wrestling fan. What say you about that? You know, I just, it's, it's you know, we always have to throw some modern spin on it. 2020 is modern. Um, the problem with the Internet is everybody has an opinion. That's not the problem. That's always been the case. But everybody gets to tell you their opinion, whereas these are people who are antisocial usually, who don't leave their house. Uh, and I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, right? Because mm-hmm. there was a time when I played video games, video games all day long. There was a time when I didn't leave my house because I was doing that or whatever. But, you know, at some point you grow up, you get a job, and you play video games when you can, but not work when you feel like it. And, and I mm-hmm. went through phases like that. So I wasn't running around telling everybody my opinion. I was too busy doing what I like doing most, which either watching wrestling, playing video games of wrestling most of the time, or hanging out with friends who had like minds, right? So right. I think that's what happens with the internet. 
is everyone expects everyone they're talking to to have a like mind like they did when they were playing with their buddies who watched wrestling with them and played video games with them because that's why you hung out is because you all like the same shit. So now with the internet, the second you don't like the same shit, you are an asshole, you are this, that, and the other thing. If you don't do this, you don't do that. And so the thing that happened just recently was in character on TV, Vince McMahon said, I love to, I feel good firing people, which is fucking glorious heat, by the way. I love it. I will never fault him for that. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He didn't mean it like he was bragging about firing people for the last year and a half. And what does the stupid IWC, YWC do? They attack him. And I saw one response that I went, bingo. Guy said, MJF can say anything he wants to be a heel, apparently, but Vince McMahon can't. He goes, you guys wouldn't have been able to handle the Attitude Era. And he's dead fucking right. Because, mm-hmm. but, but it's like you said, it's tribal. The same people bitching about Vince were also bitching about him last week and the week before and next week and a month from now. Yeah. Who were praising MJF last week, next week, a month from now. So... You could have them both do the exact same thing the other one did, and they're going to criticize that one, and they're going to praise that one because it's mm-hmm. tribal. What I don't like is someone like Brody Lee, John Hubert. Funny enough, let me say something about him real quick. I always refer to John Moxley, and I'm going to call him that today and today only because of Brody Lee, John Hubert. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I called him Luke Harper. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like Luke Harper left on good terms, right? He he went to AW. He didn't bury them on the way out. He didn't bash them. He didn't do the things that a lot of these guys do. So I don't fault him for going there. I've said it a million times, not just because I'm a fan of his. By the way, that's dying a little bit more every day. I was bummed out to see Adam Cole go to AEW, but I understood it. I understood mm-hmm. why some of these guys go there. John Moxley, on the other hand, Dean Ambrose, I call him Dean Ambrose because I don't know who the fuck he is if it's not for the WWF at all. I don't know who that guy is, not before, not after, not never. So for him to bite the hand that feeds him, for him to talk the shit he talked about them when they gave him a freaking Ric Flair farewell tour with the shield on his way out, thinking he was coming back because he implied he was, and then for him to do, he's the dirty double crosser there, in my opinion, right? So Okay. I call him Dean Ambrose because I don't respect him enough to call him that other name. Luke Harper, however, the second I saw him as Brody Lee, that's what I called him. So much so that I just forgot his name was Luke Harper when I was saying John Huber and Brody Lee. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt that way before he died. I, I liked my, – my biggest thing about him was – and I just found this out from the matches you had me watch. I thought he was wearing that whole Godwin's look because the WWE put him in it. I had no idea – that was his look before he got there. So really, he got to just mm-hmm. be the, the same thing, just a different name. And right. Um, and so when I see him on AEW in gear, it makes me like him more because I always wanted to like him, but I've never been into the hillbilly gyms and the Godwins and the the guys that dress in street clothes. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, mm-hmm. I just never got into those guys. Right. So, but he was someone that I always wanted to. I always saw basically a love for the business and there's a lot of guys on tv you do not see that with so when when he when he went to aew so anyway long story short for them to love him for them to be happy 
that he went to AEW for him, them to be Brody Lee's back, all the fanfare and all that. And it took two seconds to turn on him because they automatically have to assume he's unvaccinated, which by then there wasn't a vaccine then. But you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho is a perfect example. They all love him until they find out he donated to Trump. And now all of a sudden he's an asshole. What the fuck does that have to do with his wrestling? Absolutely nothing. So if Mm -hmm. you like him as a wrestler and you like what he does on TV, uh, you're going to find out he doesn't like mushrooms. Is that going to make you not like him too? Because I don't like mushrooms. So it's just it's dumb. What they do to turn on somebody. All it takes to turn. And it's been that way with society for every. Everybody loves the underdog, but everybody wants to see people fuck, fail, too, and then make the comeback. So yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was weird during those last, you know, after he passed away, the, the day after Christmas, and then everybody's trying to be like Sherlock Holmes and trust. Right. Oh, damn. You know, well, he did have COVID. Or he probably did have COVID, and he had complications from COVID. You know, I can respect that sentiment because some people have died because of COVID complications. But that's not right. of our bu- That's none of our business. Right. That's Amanda's business. That's their family. And that's she was human. adamant that he did not have that. That's yeah. not even close to what was going on. Right. And then people are healing on her, saying she's lying. Like yeah, saying, I mean, how do you know you're just covering it up? Like, no, yeah. it meant that much to her that they didn't want her husband to be a statistic or whatever. He died of something else. And, right. you know, he's not the first or the last person to have someone say he died of COVID when that's not what killed him. And right. But yeah, it's you're, you're right. Just they, they're all experts at everything except life. Yeah, that is a damn if you do, not damn if you don't. Them, not all of them, because most you know, to say the most. IWC, YWC is to say all Internet wrestling fans. But no. It's a it's good amount. The tribal ones. It's the yes, ones it's a, that it's a good I, amount. I love, and I wish I could catch that it's the same people more and more. I like guys like, like I think it's Colin. I don't know why song, win song. I, mm-hmm. He criticizes AEW, but he also says nice things about AEW. He'll criticize WWE and say nice things about WWE. And whenever he it's says something called, negative about it's called AEW, being objective, objective, like the professor, you have to and, say the good and the bad. There is good and bad in so, everything. But if you pay attention to the site, when he criticizes AEW, they come out and it floods to attack him. And it's like, and, dude, this guy just got to saying something nice about Sammy Guevara or whatever the hell his name is. Like, he just... Yes, no, they don't. They just. I, I they, 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 they totally. Take him like he's automatically an AEW yeah. hater, and I yeah. like, no, he hates things about it. He likes other things about it. Same here. My mm-hmm. biggest gripe with them is they're shit talking about WWE when half their fucking roster used to be there, if not more. But you know, some people don't like you on the YouTube because they say you don't know the history of it. That's where the professor comes in and tries to teach you the history that you the don't know. Of what? Some people's wrestling. They they they. They they think that you don't have an affinity for the history of wrestling in your hate of Adam Cole because you don't know anything besides the WWE and NXT. That's okay. Neither here nor if there. If I didn't see it, how am I supposed to know it? Again, damn if you do, guess damn if you I don't. Have seen, guess what I have seen on the WWE Network? Adam Cole in Ring of Honor. Adam Cole in that pro wrestling gorilla shit. We talked mm-hmm. about it, how he's a good guy here and a bad guy there. So if I'm exposed to it, I will watch it. I know who of Matt course. Riddle is. The first MLW match I ever watched was Matt Riddle versus Isaiah Scott Swerve, and I loved it. And I liked mm-hmm. both of them. And now I have Matt Riddle on my wall of fame as a figure. I was happy he got there. I was happy for Isaiah Swerve. Uh, again, now he's gone. Once you're exposed to something, you'll watch it, you'll critique it, or, you, you know, you'll yeah. be 
You'd be curious you won't about like it. it, and you won't ever watch it again. And right. that's my case with a lot of stuff. Right. I like that NWA stuff. What happens? I start watching on YouTube, then they stop doing it. So I, it ain't my fault. Okay. It ain't my damn fault. It's okay. But let, let's get into John Hubert. John Hubert, uh, he is an East Coast guy, so repping for the East Coast, repping for the tri-state area. He was born uh, December 16th, 1970. He was born in Rochester, New York, TW. So he is, a, you know, a tri-state guy. He's an East Coast guy. So, you know, he's repping, you know, Bombay, the, the Bombay area, the New York City area. So, of course, we can assume because he was born in Rochester, New York, TW, that the, the first wrestling that he was exposed to is what? World WWE. Wrestling Federation. So he was exposed to the larger-than-life characters. What You know, given that he was born in 79, let's give him a five-year curve. That would be 1980, 1984. So he would, be, he would be there. He would be old enough in his kingdom to love Hulkamania. So TW, <laughs> yeah. Well, it is it is kidnapping, but again, let, let's let's get some of the early life out of the way. He attended McQuaid Jesuit High School in Rochester and played lacrosse for four years. Did you just say Jesuit and some other weird pronunciation? Jesuit. That, that's what it oh, says here. I'm I just reading what it says. I I had to he replay it in my head and go. Did he try to say Jesuit? <laughs> well, I didn't say Jesse Smollett, but you know, I didn't say Jesse. <laughs> I, I didn't say juicy. I didn't say juicy Smollett, but anyway. <laughs> Played lacrosse for four years, and he also played in independent hockey in the youth leagues in the Rochester, New York area. But anyway, let's get back to this TW. You know, his kiddom, being in the East Coast, his youth, youth, his youth. No, I like kid. <laughs> I like kiddom. You know, you Two say youths. you're saying deuce, deuce. I'm gonna say kiddom. But anyway, TW, you know, in your kiddom. you're exposed to WWF, and sometimes you get to see a little bit of the NWA. You get to see, but. Being the East Coast guys that Huber and the professor is, I didn't get exposed with, uh, with the NWA until 1987. So, I, you know, WWF had a head start for me. So, TW, in your kingdom, in your youth, when you are exposed to one thing, does that automatically mean that, and I'm not putting words in John Huber's mouth, or I'm not saying that I know John Huber, I'm just making a, a blanketed statement, a blanketed opinion, that he would be a WWF fan, being a wrestling fan. What say you, TW? If you, well, I guess you can't really say that because Hulk Hogan didn't grow up a fan. Uh, Goldberg wasn't a fan. Luger wasn't. Sting wasn't. Um, but I think today's day and age, most wrestlers, other than these guys that they're signing from college football and MMA and all this stuff, I think definitely it's a hard, NWO it's a hard question. Attitude Era, I definitely would say most male dudes were wrestling fans when they were in their kiddom, uh, if mm -hmm. you will. Thank the you, 80s, TW. 80s, you know, early 80s, mid-80s, I don't think so. Because I think it was gritty and it was like your dad watched it and smoked cigars while in the arena, you know. And it was like almost taboo, right? But mm -hmm. at some point, that changed. And now it's more family-friendly and it's different. However... To answer your actual question, absolutely, for him to be a wrestler, for him to be just shy of our age, just a couple years younger than you, six years younger than me, um, 
for him to make it as far as he did, he had to have been a wrestling fan. There's no doubt in my mind. And mm-hmm. for, for him to be a wrestling fan, you cannot be in Rochester, New York, and not know who Bruno San Martino is and then Bob Backlund. And by the time he's six years old, Hogan. Because you, you would think his parents turned him on to it. So his parents had to be Backlund fans and Bruno fans, and maybe even Buddy Rogers fans before the WWF started. I don't know if I said one too many W's there, but yes, mm-hmm. I would say that. And it's ironic you say 87s when you learn about NWA. Me too, other than the magazines. I finally got right. eyeballs on it in 87, uh, mostly, but to answer your other question, I love WWF. I was offended every time someone called it a circus in the magazine or an interview or whatever. Um, cause I'm like, no. Um, and then I saw UWF on channel seven on a Sunday afternoon and yeah, yeah we, it was different. It, it's always like that UHF channel that you find something different. Yeah, of course it happened for me in 86, 87 but with UWF when and the NWA. Bell rang, it was still wrestling. Mm-hmm. So if I'm being honest and being objective in 2020 wonder, we're being fair. To be fair. The UWF and the NWA, everyone always called them serious in Mid-South before UWF. They were serious in WWF. was a carnival show. First of all, the mm-hmm. shit started in the carnival, so fuck you for insulting it by saying it is what it started out as. Uh, second of all, I promise you, especially in hindsight, I promise you, if any of them could have done it as good as Vince did it, they would have done it. Mm-hmm. So, because whatever the hell Vince did, works because it ain't carnival anymore it ain't smoking in the front row anymore it ain't beer swiggling stabbing dudes when they leave his heels throwing batteries at roddy piper it is ginormous aew exists because of what vince mcmahon did in 1984 whether you agree with that or not that's the bottom line because they're the ones that Mm -hmm. are still around so i think yes liking one thing and then seeing something else, you might be turned off by it, but I think it would be the other way around. I think if you started out an NWA guy and then saw Doink the Clown, you'd be like, what the fuck? But then I say... I'm I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, in in retrospect to Huber, let's just keep it with Huber, being that kid in Rochester, New York, and seeing Hogan and, you know, the birth of Hulkamania and the and the big push of Hulkamania and all that, the exposure of the larger than life, that's one... That's one angle of the of the spectrum, so to speak. Of course, when you get older in your teen years, of, and of course, cable, you know, gets bigger. I'm sure he got exposed to, you know, and WCW. He got exposed to ECW, and of course, AWA. In the shit. in the in the 90s, and, and going into his career in his early career, he's exposed to a lot of like Rochester indie wrestling or tri-state indie wrestling because that was all that was left after the territories were dead. So right. he was exposed, you know, being in Rochester, I'm sure there was a bunch of indie indie wrestling promotions out there. I remember again, ICW was an indie wrestling promotion in the tri-state area in the in the early 90s. Rochester's upstate, right? Like towards Buffalo? Yes, yeah, towards Buffalo. So there like was a, probably there was probably Canadian outfits out of Hamilton coming over and doing stuff on the right. other side of Niagara Falls uh with mm-hmm. working with the US guys because Border City is in Windsor. And would cross over and do shows in Warren. That's another. That's a good hour away for them. It's not like it's down the street. And Buffalo right. is about an hour from Hamilton. I don't know where Rochester is to Buffalo, um, but yeah. And and I'll I'll tell you if you liked wrestling as much as I did as a kid, 
You absolutely would have went to them Rochester shows. And maybe Brody Lee's kid, he's got more than one kid. Doesn't he have a couple? He's got two kids that I know. So maybe his son is into it because he was in the business. But it also shows me him letting his son watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, is means that's how he got into it. Like he's paying, he's passing the torch. His dad watched it with him, or his grandfather watched it with him, and that's what I mean by it would have been WWF. And and in the sixties and seventies, it was the exact same thing as NWA. It wasn't mm-hmm. until they started yeah. add, adding gobbledygookers and 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 uh, ring music. Like I don't know who the first, maybe the Rock and Roll Express were the first ones to do ring music. So on that, so they, note, it's all, they always the said the, it was the free, tradition. it was the Freebirds, it was the Freebirds okay. doing the. And that's in the South. That's not WWF. Their first one's bucking tradition. I'm sure there was some cranky ass old Dick the Bruiser sitting around going, "What the hell is this music for? We don't need that damn music." Right. So you know what? Now let's get into. Him in his early career, you know, hustling like you, like you did back in like 94, 95, you know, going up the highways and byways in the Detroit Midwest area. Now, the funny thing, fun fact here at TW is his name, you know, the Brody Lee name. Do you know how he uh, got that name or how he created that name for himself? It is. It is. Ha, I think I got this. Go ahead. Character from All Rats, and it's... The actor that played him, I, I'm killing myself you, that I he, I love him and I can't think of his Dan Chris not Christopher Lee. That's that's it, that's. I'll, I'll help you out because you got it right. You got it half right. The actor Jason Lee, Jason who was Lee, in who was in the movie Mallrats. He's Brody Mallrats, yeah. It, and his character in the movie was actually called Brody Bruce. So I just wanted to put that fun fact out there for all the so, reflections that did not know about the wrestler wrestler's opinion. Mm-hmm. My wrestling name, Calavera Cortez, was Johnny Depp on 21 Jump Street, Dan mm-hmm. Cortez on MTV Sports, mixed together, not one guy. And Christian Cage, his two favorite actors, Christian Slater, Nicholas Cage, that's how he made the name Christian Cage. And so it's not that uncommon for a wrestler to make his name off of two people that, or one, like Brody and Lee, that's brilliant. It's He right. just like. Jason Lee that much, and he's Brody and Lee, and it's, mm-hmm. and I think well, actually no, 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 because Brody Lee didn't have that look when he first started out. He was clean cut, and he no, didn't have I, that beard. Well, it that was his. That was actually his second name, his first name, because he started out in 2003. Tw and Reflectionites, because he started in 2003. And what happened in 2003 within the business? Tw, as we all know, there was no, there's no ECW. There's no WCW. Ring of Honor is starting, you could say. TNA is starting. So all the, the little bit of these these little uh, cult-like atmosphere promotions, you could say. We don't know how long ROH, the Outlaw, well, I don't want to call it Outlaw Mud Dog Show Wrestling, but the Outlaw promotions are starting to spur up here. And, of course, remember MLW started a little bit too. So Brody Lee got into the business after the, the big leagues went out of business so he he started as a backyard wrestler and he was performing under well the first name that he actually created was actually his last name and he just added Hugh boy to it his name was huber boy so of course you know you just start something tw so i guess you know you throw something on the wall and see if it sticks i don't like huber boy personally tw but 
I'm sure that you try. You had many names that you wanted to try, and people said you hated I had it. Two names. Or you didn't even, I had two names. Or you had names that you tried and said, "Damn, this name sucks. I don't think I'm gonna do it." I had nicknames. I was I was uh, too hot, Tommy Wonder. I think mm-hmm. I told you the story. I wrestled on a show with Too Cold Scorpio, and I didn't want him to be offended by it. So for one night only, I was the Dream Date, Tommy Wonder, which was a Sweet Valley High board game from my buddy's sister had it in the garage sale. I was like, what the hell is this dream date? And that's when I started calling myself the dream date. So for one night only the backyard wrestler dream date, Tommy wonder wrestled mm-hmm. on a show with two cold Scorpio and Sabu and the original chic. Wow. But you know, you had to pick a name that you didn't either. You didn't like, or you're like, eh, I don't know if they are. I, I was a super like key. It. I was a super mm-hmm. key with a mask. Mm-hmm. They made me right. that. I didn't choose it. So, yeah, there, there's people have made me wrestle with stupid names that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. But me personally, when I got booked and booked myself, they booked Tommy Wonder or Calavera Cortez. And Tommy Wonder is my real name, obviously. And the last name, what, originally I was going to call myself the Wonder Man, which is my favorite Marvel superhero. Um, mm-hmm. And I realized in high school that I was never going to be called the anything man in a wrestling ring because I was always going to be small. In retrospect, I'm big in real life. Like, I'm usually taller than everybody else I hang out with or at the bar. But in a wrestling locker room, I'm I'm the Garganos before Gargano started coming around. So mm-hmm. um, that's when I changed well, it to Tommy Wonder. I'm going to try to condense this here because, again, he was, you know, in, he started in 2003. But, of course, from 2003 TW to, let's say, 2012, before he got into the developmentals, before he got to FCW within the WWE uh, developmental system, and, of course, NXT and WWE, which is where you saw her more, he did a lot of the independent circuit stuff. So from 2003 to 2012 TW, he was in Rochester Pro Wrestling. He was in the Philadelphia-based wrestling promotion, Chikara. He was in Ring of Honor, TW. So he, you know, he traveled around the country, TW, just like you did in the in the mid-90s, TW. So, you know, he had to make a name for himself. And you talked about it, that his look. And I want to say this before we talk about, you know, one of those indie matches that I, I got you to watch. But, TW, the, the look that, that Brody Lee had, and I was thinking about this while we was doing this, and I was like, you know what? If he was born maybe like in the fifties, and he was like wrestling, you know, in his prime in the eighties, his look—he's like six seven, maybe six eight, close to three hundred pounds, very athletic dude. But the look that he—a lot of people compare Brody Lee to like Bruiser Brody. You know, right. he had that look and and stature and 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 that aura, and I'm like. You know, there is some truth to that, T.W., that he could have been a Bruiser Brody. But I'm saying he could have been Bruiser Brody making making money, you know, going across the territories. Right. Doing a Bruiser, Bruiser going to Japan. Wait, let me, wait, 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 wait. I'll, let me just say this. He could have went to Japan and made that Stan Hansen Bruiser Brody money. Could have went to Puerto Rico making that Bruiser Brody money. Could have went that to murder. Mexico. Yep. Well, well uh, let's not talk about the murder part, but T.W., <laughs> but anyway, you get it. If he was born in the 50s and wrestling in his prime in the 80s, he would have made a lot of money. He would have made that Bruiser Brody Stan Hansen money. Go ahead, T.W. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't cut me off. I was agreeing with everything you said. And, and, and Bruiser Brody was someone who was ahead of their time because even Stan Hansen was. Stan Hansen could move. I mean, he was potato city. Don't get me wrong. He was killing people, and so was Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bruiser, like, like I said, I said this a million times, Sid Vicious – is six foot freaking nine, but built 
like Brian Pillman and Lex Luger. And Luger's six six, six seven, not that much shorter, but you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. like a bodybuilder. There's no other way to describe it. Whereas guys that big are usually built more like Huber was built uh, right. when he was when he was Luke Harper. Um, I think he got in better shape by the time he was in AEW as Brody Lee. He was in way better shape, and that's probably why he wore the gear he wore and ended up without the shirt on. I, but there's a spot in one of the matches where I think it's Gargano very early on in his career. He's got him in the pile driver and lifts his shirt and pats on his beer belly like he's Kamala, right? Because right. you can tell this dude's not hitting the gym. But Bruiser Brody was built like Magnum TA, like Scott Hall, like like mm-hmm. this dude's rolling fucking logs on his off days, right? Like Because that's what those guys said. They had that like corn-fed farmer build, like, they're throwing haystacks to get that that build, not real ripped abs and stuff like that. Where Sid had abs, Luger had abs, all that. But 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 Luke Harper absolutely. But the only thing is, he's on the smaller side of the weight. So like I get you. Like Hogan versus Stud, Hogan versus Bundy, Hogan versus um, Kamala. These are all dudes you thought Hogan was going to lose to, whether they were taller than Hogan or not, because they were bigger than him. And mm-hmm. Luke would have looked like Rick Rude, but taller, if that makes any sense. Because yeah, he wasn't you. bloated and just jacked up on the gas, but didn't work out. So you're saying in the land of giants, at that time... He would have been small. Luke, he would have been small. Oh, that's, he, that's actually he interesting. Been tall. He would have mm-hmm. been tall, but he was not very large. Like, okay. But, but just put a, put a side-by-side of him next to Big John Studd. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know I, mean? I, I get you. But the aura that I guess because I'm looking at the aura of of the maturation of his character, you know, the Luke Harper, you know, that dangerous, uh, you know, psychological character that he had there. And of course, Brody Lee, as you talked about, the exalted one in AEW. And again, I, I look at the 80s and, and I don't want to make the comparison to Bruiser. Bro. I'm just putting it as stature and just saying the territory. Look. So look, yeah, the, the look is there like he could have been he could have done six months, make a lot of money in Florida left go to the carolinas six months make a lot of money go to texas and he would have probably made a concerted effort to be bigger and that's the Mm -hmm. difference right i think it's better that he's not as big as john stud and he's not as big as like brody isn't Mm -hmm. bruiser brody him and stan hansen are big but again they look corn fed big not moss like working out at the gym big like mm-hmm. like they're like they're like they they're, link, they're lanky arm. big yeah i get you that right. yeah that's they're a little bit but lanky for their, chest, their size guess, you know but they're not going to do double buys and look like luger is my point luke mm-hmm. harper however perfect example is the match with gargano i i hate well, wait, 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 wait. little but i'm saying look no, at no, them no, no, TW. he's wait. just taller Reflectionites, before TW gets in on the harangue, let's talk about one of the matches in Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. John Huber's career. We're going to talk about right now, TW, that independent match against Johnny Gargano. This had to be about 2007. And the, the funny thing about this YouTube link that even I saw, it said PWO. And it looked, it, of course, it looked, it was in a gym. It was in a gymnasium or an armory. It, it looked like a damn, uh, what do you call it, uh, trade centers. Like the Gibraltar Trade mm-hmm. Center went out of business here, like with right. vendors and stuff like that. It was huge. Gotcha. And they were in yeah. the back corner of it. So, TW, let's talk about this because now we're seeing, you know, I guess you could say the hustle 
of working the indies and, and getting that rep because you even his opponent Johnny Gargano is trying to earn some street cred here. So the match was combustible at, at much. It was a clusterfuck, if you will. There was so much stuff going on on the outside. I really didn't care about that, but I have to, you know, because of what we're talking about here, TW. But the ambiance of the indie CTW, because you even said it yourself that sometimes even in your indie career and going into in the Michigan area, in the Midwest area, in Ohio area. Sometimes you fought in front of 25 people. Sometimes you fought in front of 1,200 people. So this, right. to me, is like you're fighting in front of – it looked like 50 people. I don't know. I'm right, sure. right, so, sure. But, and they're, and but they're you're up committed. Angles. Yeah, but you're committed. So. Yeah, they're setting up an angle. It was – it was called PWO, so this the, the PWO wrestling. I guess I think I it's pro wrestling of Ohio or something like that. Yeah. So it's funny, TW Ohio, and you know maybe he missed you and you missed him. You you missed these two no, guys. No, Travis so. New Travis New Gargano. He was a little he kid did. when we were down okay. there. It's Pizza Joe's son. What about That's uh? Funny. What about Luke? Pizza Joe Chance. Uh, Luke, two thousand seven. I was done. I I stopped in 05. Okay. What about so Travis? I, Travis was on before me because he moved back to North Dakota to raise his daughter. But, oh, okay. um, but yeah, some of the, some, like, like CM Punk came through right after I was done. A lot of guys I know were with Cabana and Punk. That's why I don't like mm -hmm. Punk because of the stories I hear. No, like it ain't, this, it ain't this way anymore, but it used to be everybody was boys, man. You come to the show, you say hi to everybody. When you leave, you say bye to everybody. And a lot of the guys go to the same after parties and do whatever. And CM Punk would come in and just sit by himself, wouldn't talk to nobody. Um, somebody that did that when I was still wrestling was Adam Pierce. Mm -hmm. Adam Pierce would sit in the corner with Dave Prezak and one other dude. I can't remember who the other guy was. Um, and they wouldn't talk to nobody. I mean, if you went up and talked to them, they would. But... I'm not going to knock them for it. They could have been shy. They could have been like, well, I don't, I, I'm just here to wrestle. I don't want to cause a stir. And they the legit live the, in Chicago. The etiquette of wrestling changes with yeah. generation to generation, yeah. we can say. But let's focus on this match here, TW, because it is, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't want to say clash of styles, but it's supposed to be the big man against the small man, of course. Right. And you even talked about his look. He looks a little bit stocky. You know, he look. he's looking like a backyard wrestler, indie wrestler who's honing his craft, you could say, against a, a young upstart kid like Johnny Gargano. So Who when was you look undefeated at, in PWO. Right. He was undefeated in PWO. So, TW, I, let's try to merge today with yesteryear because it's not about, oh, we knew that these guys was going to make it big time. You know, we don't know this stuff. This is one of those things that's like, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, this is where you're so – it's like you're a proud pop of TW. It's like right. you see your son growing up and getting that, you know, becoming the first pick of the NFL draft or the NBA draft. You have to start from somewhere. And those 50 people that were in that PWO, you know, armory, whatever you want to call it, watching this match, you, you can feel like a proud papa or a proud mama saying, I saw them when they were drawing. When they were, not when they were nobody, TW. So let's talk about the match. It's a clash of styles, TW. And the look that you talked about with John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee here, you know, is Godwin-esque. We, right. we can't deny it. He's got the, right. the white beater T-shirt. He's got the blue jeans on. He, he doesn't come off as a country boy to me. What say you, He comes off as a psychopath. Yeah, he comes off as, well, go ahead, T.W. Say whatever you want about this match or the character, so, the look, what, so what you see here. This match had a lot. They reference WWE a lot. They reference Tough Enough a lot. Uh, the guy comes out to do commentating. 
chases off the guy who's supposed to be doing commentating. He's got a neck brace. So they got the whole Joel Gertner thing going on, the manager, bad guy getting chased off. It was Matt Cross. And Matt mm-hmm. Cross had just come from Tough Enough. And I didn't know this, but they referenced Gargano being on Tough Enough. And if he was, I didn't. I never knew that until I watched this match or misheard it. Um, he was on Tough Enough? Well, so Josh Prohibition is a oh. name that I do remember. I don't know why I know it. Maybe he was on mm-hmm. Impact. I don't know. But I know right. the name Josh Prohibition, um, and he ends up coming out. But I knew right away, you know, that's the thing about being a wrestler is when you watch it and you pay attention to what they're saying and doing, you kind of know what's going to happen, right? So as I'm mm-hmm. watching it, the second they said Gargano was undefeated there, I knew he wasn't losing, right? But I mm-hmm. also thought, there's Luke Harper. There's no way, you know, Brody Lee is losing to him because that's going to – unless it's a screw job. Mm-hmm. But – the whole commentating, the heat was with Gargano, Josh Prohibition, and Mad Cross, and one other guy, the guy that came out with the basketball shorts. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't keep up with the names. I either. knew his name too, but I don't, I don't remember what it is now. The four of them had some kind of heat with the, some cruiserweight belt of some sort that that Mad Matt Cross had and lost to Prohibition or whatever. So, anyways, I knew it was going to be a dusty finish. The second. They said he was undefeated. And, you know, I hate to jump ahead to other matches, but I had mentioned this before. We you, always, you always do this. This is what makes you I special, know, TW. I know. <laughs> but, but this match here in 2007 is, is Brody Lee versus Gargano, who I don't think anybody would argue both got better, right? They both mm-hmm. um, got better. And, 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 and Gargano worked, man. Like, I found out in this match and then again in the, the, the Dolph match and again in the Moxley match, I found out Brody Lee does the miss the kick over the top rope and then bump to the floor and then take a tope as often mm-hmm. as Ric Flair took the corner body slam and then if you uh, got drop. If you got a trademark, you use it until you can't use it no more. You milk it. And so later on, he's wrestling AJ Styles. And it's on SmackDown. And the winner gets to face uh, the Fiend at WrestleMania. Or not the Fiend yet. He was Bray Wyatt. For the title. And their match, AJ's beefier than than uh, Gargano. But he's height-wise similar. Okay. Um, they did spots in that match that were funny. Where AJ had him in the headlock and he picked him up and he dangled his legs. They mm-hmm. could have done that with Gargano. However, in fairness to them... Gargano was the baby face and Harper was the heel. So you come, you almost couldn't do it then, but you could have, cause then you have them do that. And then Gargano somehow turned that in to getting heat on him and doing something mm-hmm. similar at the end of the spot. So he came a long way. He had a very similar match with AJ that he had with, with Gargano. Um, mm-hmm. But you could tell that he was 10 years better for lack of a better time frame. Of Cause Oh seven to 17. Um, right. And and it, it was it's good to see that. It's good to see that he's gotten better. And and Absolutely. these two had this match and then it turned into this this thing where actually I, I'm wrong. The match the schmage happened because someone attacked Gargano with a mask. They never showed who that was. The, nin- the that was guy- the, that was either Black Scorpion esque or the ninja. Oli. It was Oli yeah. or Austin Theory. But uh mm-hmm. then um that guy in the basketball shorts actually came out to attack uh, Brody, mm-hmm. and then he caught him, and 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 Brody Lee, he we can't ask him. God, sadly, 
he had to have been influenced by Scott Hall. Scott Hall had to be a guy because he did a lot of Scott Hall stuff, like right. the fall away slam, the, I don't know, Scott, the razor's edge, Mando suplex, but he did stuff. Yeah. The razor's edge. He did a lot of Scott Hall stuff and he did it good. Mm-hmm. He made it look stiff. And, and again, the jump around matches, the match with Ziggler, I honestly thought the two of them did not like each other, and both of them were hoping to leave there with the other one never wrestling again. They killed each other in that ladder match. I don't know that's why you made me watch it, but they were killing each other. Like, no remorse. It's just to show the the maturation of Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and and just showing, growing with the times here at CW. So the the match against Gargano in front of 50 people was a clusterfuck and i call it a no contest tw but not, it but, was okay for an indie match with 50 people yeah I, I, i'm not i'm not i'm not knocking i'm not knocking that it was in front of 50 i'm just saying that for, no, 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 for the saying, time you can't have that on smackdown but it's okay <laughs> you got to learn somewhere you learn in front of 50 people and that's why i always told the younger guys when they came in look even if there's 10 people here do your best shit so you're better mm-hmm. at it the next time you do it and there's 500 people you right. know cuz my favorite saying to Rico when we practice was what you do in practice is what you do on the field. So if you half-ass it here, you're going to half-ass it there. So when we were in practice, even though the shit hurt, it hurt, man. When you mm-hmm. don't have fans there cheering you on and giving you some kind of adrenaline, it fucking hurts. Like, there is right. no... That's why I hate when all these people, like, see wrestlers and think they're easy marks to get in a fight in a bar. Good luck. Good luck. That's right. all I'll tell you. Because you know what a lot of wrestlers are? Sensitive. What? And if you come up to them and tell them they ain't tough, they're going to fucking show you that they are. And, yeah, they, there's some guys who aren't. But guess they, what? They, they're going to be surrounded by guys who are. Who's it, must be, it must be that it's, it's a generational thing. They're wussified. I don't know. I'm just saying that's just my own humble opinion sometimes. But anyway, T.W. Oh, like, like Joey Janela? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. I'm not saying anything. We're not politicizing <laughs> things here. We're going to keep going What's with the Johnny. Didn't he back down from Enzo? Of all people? <sighs> I don't think you would oh, back down from Enzo. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. He's but anyway, to T- DMs. Hell no to that too. But anyway, <laughs> TW, let's just say from 2007 to 2012, John Hubert got into the, I don't want to call it the big time in the indies, but he went into some reputable independent promotions or he had some good dates at some independent promotions. One independent promotion, Philadelphia-based, Chikara. If you don't know Chikara, I never knew that was. I thought that was Japanese stuff that came here. Honestly, I thought. Well, you know, it's kind of like a a clash of styles with Japanese, but mostly you know Mexican wrestling with the the luchador type of stuff and the mask. He was there, and of course, he was in Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and of course, the second match that we're going to talk about is Ring of Honor TW, where this actually was on TV. He had exposure, you could say. He, it was, you know, before Ring of Honor was on Sinclair TW. I know mm-hmm. this was, a, I know you didn't get, get a chance to watch it, but it was on HDNet, if you ever heard of that channel. On, I, I think heard the of it. Dish, I've, seen, on the, I've seen highlights. I've never actually on the, seen it. On the Dish Network, and in my opinion, Ring of Honor on HDNet was way better in terms of production, in terms of visualization, than it was than it ever was on Sinclair for all those years. That's just me in my humble opinion. People need to watch HD. I got you watching an HDNet episode for Reflection. That was HDNet. That's how good it was. But anyway, neither here nor there, TW. Let's talk about the match. In Ring of Honor, TW, John Hubert or Brody Lee was in a faction called the Angel of the Fall. 
It was with Jimmy Jacobs, Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins, and, of course, John Hubert, a.k.a. Brody Lee is here. And he's having a match with an ECW alumnus, w WCW, JL, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. Jerry a.k.a. Jerry, Jerry Lynn T.W. So, again, we look at this. It's a contrast of styles, but, again, big against small. The one thing I'll say, if you want to talk about every match on the gambit, here, T.W., go ahead, because that's what that's the great thing I love about you. That's what you do. But I just want to say <laughs> this. For every match, when J John Huber is a big man's AJ Styles reflection. And what I mean, T.W., is that he adapts – if you gotta, if he's gonna fight someone like Eric Rowan, he'll fight like a big man. A but brawler, if he fight, yeah. but if he fights a guy like uh, Jerry Lynn or or Johnny Gargano or AJ Styles, like you say, he adapts and he, you can see the athleticism come out of John Huber. What say you, T.W. about that that assessment? Absolutely, he's he's a chameleon. He's wrestling the match. Best like a brawler versus the technician is not ever going to be a good match because either one of two things is going to happen. The brawler is going to try to wrestle with the wrestler, the technician, and lose. That's good. That's what you want because the brawler is mm -hmm. usually the heel and the technician. That's what Mexican wrestling good guys are called, Los Technicos, and then Los Rudos. That means the bad guy, the rule breakers. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, a brawler guy, but 99% of the time, some people might take offense to this, but I believe it to be true. A lot of brawlers brawl because they can't wrestle, right? right. That ain't Brody Lee. And mm -hmm. But I'll, we, we got to go back to something else, too. I know you're gearing up to him getting there, but I don't think anyone ever saw Brody Lee on a show and then think, that's New York. He just had that look. He knew it was inevitable, that dude. Same thing with Big Cass. Same thing with anybody who has an inkling of getting mm -hmm. it, right? Because okay. some dudes are big and don't get it, and they never go to New York. Because, you know, for every big guy that makes it, there's a 20 of them that didn't even get through the door. Um, mm -hmm. For every little guy that makes it, there's 500 that didn't get through the door. So the big guys just get a look just for being big because what does Enzo say? You can't teach that. Because <laughs> you're either big or you're not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't mean muscular. I mean height. And Luke Harper had that. So now I'm calling Luke Harper, and I don't mean to, but, but that's what he was in WWE. He's got Luke three Harper names, CW. He's, he's got three names. Choose them all. Say them all and if I you need to. And I he wouldn't have a problem being called Luke Harper either. That's what paid his rent. But the bottom line is he became Luke Harper in the WWE. That's how I know who he is. Um, mm -hmm. Luke Harper was inevitable because if he didn't quit, if he didn't give up, if he stuck to it, it was a matter of time before he got there. Whereas conversely, the first match he had, Gargano, that guy probably should have gave up, but didn't and made it. And now because of him, I think guys like Rockstar Spud, haha, <laughs> how do you like that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of calling him Drake Maverick. Um, I think because of Gargano, he opened the door for Roddy Strong's. And, and even that guy that just got released, that redhead dude, that I thought he was amazing red or some shit and impact, whatever that guy's name is. He was dating the girl with the skateboard that just fucking buried Allen. I love it. He didn't talk about the Twitter beef. Oh, I forgot his name, but I know who you're talking about. A lot of the RH guys got He's, into the NXT. Right. And I think Gargano is the reason. And, like, that guy was trying – for two years he wrestled without a contract and then finally mm -hmm. got signed, and then he is NXT. If right. it ain't him, it's Cole, and it's him by default because he was there before Cole and he made it a couple months after Cole. So it's mm -hmm. Gargano by default. But I think, you know – 
getting back, I'm circling back to, to, to Brody. Two technical guys wrestling each other, good match. Two brawlers wrestling each other, good match. Brawler wrestling a good match is only as good as the guy who's adapting to the other guy to make it good. Because if you stick to your brawling style, if you stick, and that's why when they say Ric Flair could have a good match with anybody, well, Ric Flair had the same fucking match, so of course he could have, right? But like mm-hmm. Brett, Brett versus Diesel is not Brett versus Sean, right? It's, it's not, different. It's a different presentation. Two. I don't want to say this as an insult, but he wrestles down to Kevin Nash's level. He wrestles mm-hmm. up to Sean's, or they're equal. They're not up, but they're both, you know. And, and the reason he does that is because he knows if him and Kevin Nash try doing the Dean Malenko-Eddie Guerrero spot where they end it with a face-off and the crowd claps and goes, this is awesome, it ain't going to work because one of them's not coordinated. So you have mm-hmm. to wrestle that guy's style. But people will tell you Brett had the same match all the time because he did the the backbreaker than the forearm. And then he did the, the nut shots in this. The, he did formula moves, but he so, had the same match every time. Okay. So let me ask you this. You saw Gargano. You saw Jerry Lynn with Luke Harper, AKA Brody Lee. Who's leading who in, in those two matches per se? You're saying, I think, well, I, I, think I guess Gargano Jerry Lynn is, is Jerry Lynn is 1000% leading him. The okay. finish is beautiful. It's a perfect finish. For a small guy to beat a big guy, um, you just roll back and held the cradle. That's it's it's leverage. It's it's you know it's so simplistic. It's, it's still technical. Works. It's technical, mm-hmm. right? Right. I think Brody Lee versus Gargano was the blind leading the blind. I think that's most of the <laughs> matches where <laughs> me okay, and Gargano meet, and I say, "What do you do?" And he tells me, and I he says, "What do you do?" And I tell him, and we both get our shit in. And so gotcha. it might not look good when we do that Mm -hmm. but we're both gonna get our shit in and i think they both got their shit in um brody missed that leg and then gargano turned it into his toe paste where he toe paid brody and that 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 other guy fontaine i i knew his name from somewhere um okay something fontaine he was from something ring of honor maybe it doesn't matter i'm I'm, let's talk about the the second match but i'm saying they did their stuff and then Mm -hmm. what i i think it's night and day a better match between Mr. J.O. and Mr. Jerry Lynn. I think, mm-hmm. for one, the production is better. It's Ring of Honor versus the fucking flea market. Um, and it's a 20-year veteran in there with, at this point, a 10-year veteran. Um, and, and like I said, Gargano versus, Gargano versus Brody is good for where it was. It wouldn't have been good for Ring of Honor. And JL, JL versus him is good for Ring. But JL's, right. he's the one leading that dance. Well, looking at from the difference between Gargano and the maturation of, of a character of Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee here, Brody Lee and Ring of Honor here that we're seeing against Jerry Lynn, of course you just said Jerry Lynn wins this match, but he's in a faction called Angel of the Fall. Jimmy Jacobs is the leader here. So in the perception, TW, Luke Harper is a great I don't want to say yes, man, but he's a great, you know, he's the muscle. He, he's the biggest man of the group because, of course, Seth Rollins, a.k.a. Tyler Black, is a small He's dude. the Batista. Good good exception. Good, good comparison. Let's get him in our crew so we don't have to go against him is what his role is, right? Right. So Bound to be turning face and fighting him for holding him back. I don't know if that's how it worked out, but that's how mm-hmm. it should have worked out. And now his size is actually a benefit within this generation, especially in Ring of Honor and Chikara, because being the big guy against these small guys, 
having a faction called Angel of the Fall and being the Batista, as you say, of this group, he's the muscle. And these matches now have some some meaning. I'm invested. There's a storyline. Of course, Jimmy Jacobs is the leader, so you gotta get you gotta get through Brody to get to Jimmy. So that's what J- you know Jerry Lynn had to eventually do. So what say you, TW, about the match? And you said you actually love the ending of this particular match. I want to say it ends with the superplex, and he just reaches up and hooks him. But it's Brody that gives him the superplex, or at least suplex, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it's funny because I'm noticing a theme here. What's the theme? And now that I ran it through my head, he lost every single match you had me watch. Every <laughs> single match he lost. It's not about <laughs> wins and losses don't matter don't here. It's about IWC, YWC. Yeah, again, reflection. Now, there's no disrespect there, to he losing. Lost by, he lost my DQ to, Bra- to Gargano because that mask guy he ran in there. I call and it no might, contest. And they might even have called it a no contest because the other guy came out and dove on him off the top rope, but they should have done it at the same time. Then it would be mm-hmm. a double DQ. But uh, he gets pinned by Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. He gets pinned twice by AJ. He gets mm-hmm. super kicked off a ladder by Dolph. And then taps out for the coup de grace to the other match. And I'm like, man, Professor didn't like this dude. I this love is gonna, this, this dude. is going to be the self-destruction of the, of the John Huber it, podcast. Win, again, wins and losses reflection nights do not oh. matter. It's the performance. Hey, he lost it's every the- single one of those matches. But every single one of them, we're talking about the good things he did in them. So Absolutely. he did his Absolutely. part. So, again, now let's get into the meat and the crust of this spotlight. 2012. He goes to the WWE under a developmental contract with FCW, which turns into NXT. They change his name from Brody Lee because that's his name. That's his character. That's his likeness. And, of course, you know Vince McMahon does not want you to keep your name unless he buys your name. And he's not going to. And Brody was, was smart enough and business-like enough to say, nah, give me a name and you can you can own it and do whatever you want. So they picked the name Luke Harper. T.W., you know. There's always this joke, a running joke within the IWC, YWC, uh, on the Facebook fan pages, TW, that anytime you go into NXT, you get these fucked up names for NXT. Luke Harper is okay to me, but you've known that that some NXT names suck, especially when you... But here's what you need to know. What's that? The reason they suck is because those guys came in there with the name that they wanted, like Edge. Edge mm-hmm. wanted to be Val Venus. That was almost him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want the name Val Venus. He said, no, Sex and Hardcastle. It's built in. He's like a porn star, Sex and Hardcastle. There's no reason to change it. And neither one of them would budge, and he became Edge. And he wasn't the porn star. He hated the name Val Venus. However, mm-hmm. NXT is different. Main roster, you get the name they give you, period. Because a lot of times they develop characters, and then they find a guy and go, that guy will work. Because there's always been rumors that Brutus Beefcake was almost Rick Rude. Rick Rude was almost Brutus Beefcake. Um, mm. Depending on who gets there at the same time. Like the whole gimmick. Uh, this, you know, Rick Rude was Rick Rude in NWA before he got there. But right. Beefcake was almost the guy doing the, you know, the stuff or whatever. So in NXT, this happened with Austin, too, to become Stone Cold Steve Austin. They told him, give them a list of names. And then they narrowed it down. To say, okay, we like this one, this one, this one, and this one. And in some cases, they tell them, fuck those names, come up with some new ones. And they shoot down 
worse names than Braun Breaker. So imagine that. So mm-hmm. when you're seeing those guys get the NXT names, 99% of the time they name themselves, and it just okay. got okayed. It got okayed. So Luke mm-hmm. Harper is probably, I wish we knew the answer, Luke Perry, Harper Valley PTA, who knows? Maybe he threw it together with Brody <laughs> uh, Luke Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and Valerie Harper was his favorite TV mom. Who knows? I'll but go the, with Luke Perry. I, I'll give you Luke Perry. That, that's a, that's that hits the home. That hits home with yeah, the professor with yeah. Nana Twino. So I'll when go I, with when that. I was a kid. Me and my buddy Dennis. We we almost did it, but we didn't. We I would always do my hair like yeah, I had hair. I would do my hair like Luke Perry. He did his like uh, Jason Priestley, and we would go to skating. And I was like, dude, if we came in here one day and you were wearing the Jason Priestley shirt, and I was wearing the Luke Perry shirt. We're cleaning up. Then I right. thought, nope, they would think we're even gayer than they already think we are. So <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> so in this TW, now he makes his debut in in the NXT bubble. This is the Triple H supposedly NXT bubble. This is not America's Got Talent NXT or Wrestlers Got Talent. He's now he's got a character. He's in a faction because you know I guess Triple H watches Ring of Honor. Or he watched the indie promotions. He saw how Luke Harper was valuable in Angels of the Fall and Ring of Honor. So now there's this faction called the Wyatt Family with himself as Luke Harper. And, of course, Eric Rowan, his brother, quote-unquote. And, of course, being led by The Fiend. But he's not The Fiend yet. But Bray Wyatt, TW. And this chemistry was so, like, in sync with each other. So... You know, the, the chemistry was there, TW. We can't deny that. So what, what say you about the Bray, the Wyatt family, and how all of this, like, nestled together? You know, when when that was one of the things you had me watch was just how they formed. And uh, when, when they came out and beat Kane up, and uh, Bray just watched it. And I just thought, you know, I'll be honest, one of my first thoughts was, I'm sure the IWC was burying this shit, too. I'm sure they were burying the shield when it happened. But it, when you look back at it, I think history is kind to the Wyatt family. Uh, mm-hmm. wasn't my cup of tea because, again, it's fucking three Godwins instead of two. But uh, it worked. That right. dude, like, could you think of a more fitting song than he's got the whole world in his hands? When they turn them fucking lights off and everybody in there immediately has their phone lit up for mm-hmm. a heel. For a damn heel. And then he turns baby and then just the wheels fall off the bus. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But you know, he's been gone since July, I think is when he got the release. Bray? Who? Bray Wyatt was released in July. Yeah, July twenty twenty one. Yeah. So so basically the morgue that comes out. That dude got himself released. Like, he was hard to work with. And which makes sense as a second generation wrestler. No, it makes sense it, as too much too soon. Let, yeah, let's put up. We'll do that for 2020, 2020 right, right. No, deuce. No, no. Let's keep it with Luke Harper and, and this synergy. That, that hurt Luke Harper. Not really, because uh, not really, because in my opinion, because Vince McMahon was gonna break up the faction no matter what. I just like, like the from 2012 to 2000, let's say 15, the Wyatt family was so you know they hit a home run. I don't know if it was a Triple H creation. Let's just wasn't say it's there a, a Wyatt family versus Shield match? Yes, there was in 2014. Yeah. So yeah. you know when they looked at each other on Raw, TW, you even said it. 
She looked at each other from one side of the ring. Wyatt family looked at each other from the other side of the ring. And the they didn't even touch each other. And they said, this is awesome. That's how right. good. Right. I guess that was the glory days and of the I, WWE. I will, tell you, I will tell you this, too. I'll bet you every one of them looked at each other and went, wow. Like, at some point, there was a headlock where someone says, dude, we were wrestling in Florida Championship Wrestling in front of 10 people in a park about a year ago. Now look at mm-hmm. us. Like, it it worked. It paid off. And there's it's a pinch-me moment, if you will, right? Like, right. you just... You're like, wow, can you believe this? Like, it paid off. Like, because I'm sure there's times when they wanted to quit FCW before it became NXT. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then Seth has been there when it was FCW. Like, he was Mm -hmm. there for that, where there was like 12 people in the, and every damn poster on the wall was a main event guy, not not a FCW. No, it was a WrestleMania poster. That's what it was. No, it, it, that was right. that was the disrespect. Or it was, right. Yeah, something like that. So TW, you know, nothing lasts forever in in the world of Vince McMahon. So you know, it was a two year run for the the Wyatt family gimmick, and Bray Wyatt set them free in late 2014, early 2015. So we can focus on the single matches. So let's try to combine both of them. The the match for the Intercontinental Championship. Let's just say this, TW. They, you know, they set storyline-wise, Bray Wyatt set them free to do what they wanted to do themselves. So, I guess... Open the door so they can come back. Right. They opened the door, but I'm just saying as an IWC, YWC fan, we all thought that when you broke up the Wyatt family, of course Bray is going to be a main eventer. That's what we all thought, you know, and he was. But we all thought that Luke Harper was untapped potential that can be the Bruiser Brody, that can be the Stan Hansen, that, that could elevate mid-card to upper mid-card level. What's the ETW? They dropped the ball on that. They did. I think he should have been repackaged. Like, like I think for the, the 20 minutes they were a tag team as the Bludgeon Brothers, I think the name yeah. sucked, but the look mm-hmm. was good, right? Like, the, the look was good. And then they both ended up going. But back they forgot the history, TW, when they called themselves the Bludgeon Brothers. Like right. it wasn't even That's the Wyatt right. family. They wanted us to give. They wanted us to have amnesia for that shit. Right, but I'm saying the the, the name was dumb. The Bludgeon Brothers. Mm-hmm. The look was awesome. The people reacted to them, and then all of a sudden they just turned on them. Next, you know, Eric is back to being nuts with his little tarantula in the cage, and mm-hmm. Luke Harper's gone, but he's regular Luke Harper before he leaves. He's back to the jeans and the wife beater and it's like it's like time just the 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 sand ran out of the bottle it was it and that's why i will never fault him for wanting to get out of his contract and go somewhere else and and there was frustration life had other new other plans for him but he at least got a little bit of a run in aew before he passed away but i understand why he wanted out right i i think everybody understands why he wanted i think you know but anyway in the career of WWE, he had a great match with Dolph Ziggler. He lost the the latter match. He had a great but match he had against. Beat him. He beat him for the Intercontinental title to Absolutely. lose it back to him. So Absolutely. So we're just acknowledging the accomplishments of Luke Harper, aka Brody right. Lee here. So multi tag team champion, right? Uh, maybe once or twice, give or take with Blood White. and Brothers and Blood your Blood family. Yeah, Bludgeon Brothers definitely smacked down tag team champions. I forget about the Wyatt family. I don't know if they were really concentrating on the tag team titles. Like, right. for, forgive me, Reflection. That's, again, the professor's logs in the 2010s is not up to par. Maybe it will be up to par in 20 deuce deuce. <laughs> but, T.W., you said to yourself, 
There was juice a little. Juice? Yeah, I, 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 I took it. I, I gave, I give it to you. I give, uh, uh. But anyway, you even said it. We'll try to put a bow in this. There was frustration with, uh, with Luke Harper. Again, he was injured during his last year and a half. And that the was WWE. the shitty part because they extended it instead of giving yeah. him his his release, but then gave him his release. So, so you know, we're trying to put a bow on this reflection ice, but I don't want to put any. Ne- I don't want to harp on the negative. Let's harp on the positive within the WWE run. You know, we learned this from the AEW after his death and the tributes because of Twitter. You know, big the New Day love uh, Luke Harper. Cry, Gargano love Gargano love Luke Harper. Of course, Bray Wyatt, while he was employed with the WWE before he got released, he cried, and we all thought that he had like uh, you know. And then they put up. Yeah, uh, depression of because him? of that. It, on the WWE uh, Twitter page, yes, they did. Not on the not, not on raw, not on TV. Not on the opening of Raw. Not, not, maybe a little like in honor of him, but That's they what didn't. I meant. Do, like the yeah, show they, opened but, with it said yeah. Luke Harper though. It didn't. Say but they didn't do a video. I said John Huber. Right. They well, didn't they do, can't the, do that. Yeah, yeah, you can't do. It that. was it was AEW, but TW, he made he he touched a lot of hearts in the WWE. Even when he was in, even when he was in AEW, and he debuted as the exalted one in the dork order. I don't like the dork order reflection ice. I'm not going to, I'm not it's giving the a pass about that. It, it is the oddities, but he came in as the exalted one TW. And let's just say this. He had fun. He had fun in AEW. And I don't Weren't think a lot of people, people disappointed. Didn't they want Matt Hardy to be that guy? They wanted Matt Hardy to be his deletion character as the leader of the of the Dark Order, but they put a spin on it. So I don't mind the spin, but the funny thing about it, TW, is that it wasn't on Dynamite where we saw like the range of his of Brody Lee's humor. It was actually on YouTube if you really were the hardcore fan reflectionites with BT being the elite with the young bucks and all that stuff. He actually you know, he he turned he made a negative into a positive. He made he poked fun at you know being released. He poked fun at Vince McMahon. He called himself you know the big boss of the dark dark order. And every time on beat on YouTube TW, he acted like Vince McMahon. And you know he told the dark order you're fired or kiss or join the kiss my ass club. And it was very it was humorous and all that stuff. So to put a bow in it, he had fun in AEW and his. Biggest accomplishment in AEW, he won the TNT title by decimating everybody's favorite, you know, man, Cody Rhodes, the man who has racism, you know, sexism, and all types of isms. But I gave you a match to watch. Stomped out. But I gave you a match to watch during the COVID era. I believe it was Double or Nothing where he challenged John Moxley for the AEW uh, heavyweight wasn't championship he TNT of the world. champion when he was? No. It wasn't. He, wasn't. Oh, he lost it no. already? This was the, uh, as you would say, the TNA push. You know, he comes into AEW, and he's already gifted the main event pay-per-view and right. the main event slot to challenge for the AEW title. You, that, was, that would be your critique, TW, but what say you about this match? Christian. And, we'll put a, and we'll put a bow on this. Another match where uh, when I was looking for the matches on YouTube, um, I saw... Actually, I tried looking this match up on YouTube, and it wasn't on there. And you get a bunch of clowns who say highlights, and they play music really, really loud. And then they have highlights on there. Like, like they think the AEW, AEW trademark guys are going to hear the loud music and go, ah, forget it, and shut it off and not get the page flag. But uh, mm. but um, 
they have history. It was it was John Moxley versus uh, Brody Lee and CZW or Combat Zone Wrestling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they, they had, had history, history there, and and they both did their signature moves: the miss the foot over the top rope, <laughs> fall to the floor, and miss the first and second rope and bounce back up with a clothesline from uh, from if Ambrose. It, if, if it worked in front of fifty people, it will work in I front popped, of a million people on uh, on TV. First time, Dean Ambrose bumped and it looked like he fell through the ropes and sprung back up with that clothesline. When he started doing it every single match, I said, relax, Ric Flair. It doesn't look real anymore. It looked real the first time. He like, like he covered for something. Then it just mm-hmm. looked like a planned move, like, like Ric Flair flipping the turnbuckle, which became gotcha. a comedy act at the end. But these two, and I said this a million times, Travis calls me potato. When I wrestled someone I respected and loved as a brother, I beat the shit out of them, and I expected them to do the same to me because I wanted people leaving the show going, uh, yeah, I don't think it's 100% scripted. You know, they, I wanted them to leave thinking but that's, that's real. that part is real. Yes, I guess. And you. those two, I think, subscribe to the same belief that they just lit each other up, and it's sad to me. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I told you I'd ask you this live instead. Was that his last match? No. His last okay, match good. was losing was losing the TNT title back to Co- to Cody Rhodes. So he was the TNT champion. Yes, you said he wasn't in that match. I thought he came no, he, out with he the wasn't. Belt. He, he wasn't the champion. no, no, he wasn't. The the, the storyline was he stole John Moxley's title. Oh. He came in as the AEW champion himself. So he won the belt from Cody after that. Right. Okay. Good. 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 Because. He tapped out, bleeding, gave it his all, and I just thought, man, that would suck. Because I thought it was actually after he lost to Cody is when he disappeared, and they said it was because he had some injuries, and that was in, like, October, and then he yeah. had passed away in December. I thought it was Ambrose is when he did that. So yeah. it made me sad thinking that that was his last match, and it's like, it's it's weird. I can't watch wrestling anymore, or movies, you know, to be honest, and see someone that's passed away and not think about it when they're on screen. It's like, you know, it kind of overwhelms everything else. You can't even really enjoy, you know. And, and again, I did for everything except for that match because I kept thinking, man, this is the last time he was in a ring. Because I, I just I just have this, a friend of mine passed. Uh, well, think about it this way, T.W. Uh, real real this quick, was... I just want to say, I wanted to mention my buddy Aaron Matthews passed away yesterday. Um, oh, God bless. I think, I think Vickery would, would probably know him, too. He's a guy from War Wrestling and well, Lima. And, uh, you know, I thought about it. I know. I mean, you, you know. You every day potentially see somebody for the last time and don't know it. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to think of the last time I saw Aaron Matthews, and it's just – there wasn't a nicer, friendlier, take his shirt off your back guy than that dude who always had a smile. And and when you hear two days prior that he's struggling, and then you hear two days later that he didn't make it, you're just like, wow, like the world truly is less of a place because he's gone. And and I think that's how people felt about Luke Harper slash Brody Lee. Like you couldn't watch any anybody talk about him whether it was AEW WWE if they let him talk about him on the smack talk because that's where I saw Xavier Woods breakdown um the raw talk or whatever it's called uh, watching people's YouTube videos and to me you know it's a sign of someone that's going to live forever regardless of you know video of them wrestling 
Mm-hmm. Until he everybody touched, he touched, he touched lives. Life, he touched lives. He is going to be around until the last person whose life he touched is is also gone. And I think that's my buddy Aaron Matthews. Um, and I think that's the same thing with with Luke Harper. Like I felt, you know, you said we just missed each other. We missed each other by a couple years. Um, and unfortunately, I never made it over to New York and Philly. I probably mm-hmm. could have if I would have tried, but I. I, you, we talked about it a million times. I wanted no part of ECW when I thought it was just thumbtacks and fucking pamp sheets. And so I, I wish I would have got to meet that guy because, you know, it. you hope that he knew everybody felt that way about him before he died. But if he didn't, you're glad that his wife and kid know, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and my buddy Aaron has a wife and son. And, you know, <clears throat> when I wrote what I wrote on Facebook, my cousin texted me and said, you know, I, I clicked on his name <clears throat> and she goes, when I read all the stuff everybody else wrote on his page, she goes, Tommy, he seemed like a real special guy. And, and he was. And and so it's I can't believe I made it through this whole thing without thinking about Aaron before talking about. But it's the same emotion, right? Aaron's to me what Brody Lee was to, to New Day and, and to everybody else. And I'm sure. You know, Cody might be the boss, and I might not like Cody, uh, but I'm sure just them doing a program together so close mm-hmm. to his death, it probably affected him for the rest of his life, too. So right. um, just, yeah, it's it's tough, but you're, you're you know, we all get our card punched, and, and it's, mm-hmm. we all get a turn, and, and you just, you hope that the almost well, 40 as, years as, he had here yeah. were good ones. It was good ones, but the most important thing for Amanda and and the two and his two sons, Papa Angel John, John Huber is looking over and watching right. them and making sure that and he's a proud man, knowing that negative one is going to keep on the legacy right. of the Huber name or the Brody Lee name because he has aspirations to honor his father in continuing the life of of, of, of pro wrestling. So with that being said, reflectionites. Yeah. We're ending 2020 wonder. Rest in heaven, John Huber. Rest in heaven. Uh, what's his name? I don't. Aaron Matthews. Aaron, Aaron Matthews. Yeah. Aaron Matthews. Rest in heaven. And rest in heaven to everybody who we lost in 2020 wonder. So TW, let's just give out give out the socials and we'll get out of here and we'll be done. All right. Pro Wrestling Coalition Network is at PWC Network at Podbean.com. Thank them for helping us out. At PW Reflection, uh, JB, I'll give you one more since you were here last week. At the P1JB. Hell, I'll give it to Travis, too, because I mentioned him. At Nuts and Volts PW, V-O-E-L-T-Z. Um, our good man, Big Ray, who you got to fish through three minutes of, of, of smack talk before we start recording. But, hey, you do it every week. Thank you, Big Ray. At Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, my political Twitter, which I've been heating up. People are pissing me off. At Tommy Wonder 19. Uh, my wrestling and pop culture is at the Tommy Wonder. And just respond to the people on Twitter. First of all, I ain't the wrestling fan I was when I was a kid. And when we do old shows, trust me, I know my dude's histories, whether they were AWA, World Class, Memphis, or whatever. I wish I knew the history of the guys that I like now, but I don't know it because it was never there. And I haven't bought a wrestling magazine in 30 years. So if, if you show it to me, so whoever said that, tweet me out. Send me something to watch. I'll watch it, and I'll let you know my honest opinion of it on the tweet. Um, okay. So, at the Tommy Wonder, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. My Snapchat is number wonder. Dumb Dumb Duel and an Idiot is on YouTube. 
And then, of course, Big Vito Brand um, at bigvitobrand.wixsite.com and patreon.com backslash the Big Vito Brand. Thank them for all they do for us as well. And shout-outs to Noel LaGracia. Hopefully she's feeling better after, you know, her uh, back backyotomy issues and all that stuff. You can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. And, of course, hopefully this uh, video will be on in 2020. Deuce on the PWSO YouTube networks. And, of course, follow my guys, Mr. Infringe and Fringe himself, Billy Ray Valentine at OB1, you know me. And, of course, the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown. Look out for the Cobra Kai reactions. Look out for the Walking Dead reactions at 8-Track Dastly. TW, I'm going to give you a Christmas present. We are going to be off for the next two weeks. Two. Two. Damn. I'm giving you that present because of the, the great attendance that you had this year. For, for the PWR Prime. Yes. So you do, you deserve a two-week vacation, and then we'll be back three weeks Eight? strong. So Same pay? Of course, same pay. Nothing. Same pay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Happy New Year to you, TW. And, of course, Happy you know, you. rest in heaven to, to Brody Lee. Rest in heaven to Aaron Matthews and all that. And, and everybody we lost in 2020 wonder. And, and God bless everybody. God bless you and your your love and ones, may so. 20 deuce deuce wait a minute no 2020 deuce mm. there you go deuce be the best year of every single person of the 18 people listening to this lives let's wreck 2020 deuce is the year calavera cortez by the way i wore number 22 on my hockey jersey when i wrestled as calavera cortez so even mm-hmm. though the year of the, the year of Tommy Wonder 2020 Wonder did not pan out the way I wanted to because I'm not really, I can't say why because there's the gas prices and the cost of milk and bacon. But anyways, 2022 2020 Deuce, we're gonna mm-hmm. rebound and you, Professor, me, Big Ray, JB, Travis, and the 18 Reflectionites, we are gonna own 2020 Deuce. Absolutely. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful Tommy Strong, a.k.a. The Tommy Wonder, saying good night, and we'll see you next year in 2020 Deuce. See ya, Reflectionites.